Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Hey, you know what, Daryl? It's it's good. It's good to be seen. It's good to be alive. But more importantly, you know, I'm super excited because I'm getting ready actually in a couple of weeks into September to take part in the Send Out Cards Relationship Marketing Grand Summit. So I'm super pumped for that. Yeah, that is going to be so exciting. That was a phenomenal event last year. And uh, we often give a shout out to our good friends at Send Out Cards. I think it is one of the most powerful ways to reach out and touch someone, develop relationships in an unexpected way. If you've hung out with Larry at all, you've gotten a send out card. I got one from him this week. It was I knew you knew it. it was just a matter of time because I knew it was fulfilled. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but it is incredibly powerful, especially when you put uh, that customized pictures and make it meaningful. And if you want to try that out, by the way, go to cards.sellingfromtheheart.net. You can send your first card for free. And uh, while you're there, uh, if you're interested in the Relationship Marketing Grand Summit, let us know. We'll, we'll uh, point you in terms of how you could get involved in that because it is fantastic. I know Larry's going to be there and there's an incredible roster of speakers, many who are alumni of the Selling from the Heart podcast. So I think that's going to be a blast, Larry. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's, it's one of those, I always say, it's one of those feel-good moments. It, it really is because send out cards Everybody that embodies send out cards is kindred spirits of selling from the heart. Yeah, it's so is it's, it's so true, <laughs> so true. Hey, by the way, if you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And before we dive into our conversation today, Larry, I just want to uh, give a shout out to. Well, really all of the people on the team that helped us get the new website live. The new sellingfromtheheart.net website looks fantastic and it is full of all kinds of resources. I'm so excited about the new site. Oh, well, actually you and me both. It's just, uh, I'm freak. I'm a frequent visitor, Daryl, and, and I love everything about it. The team came together really well in putting this together and it's truly now a resource hub for sales professionals. Yeah, so check it out, sellingfromtheheart.net. You'll see links there if you're a sales leader. There's a whole um, section of resources for sales leader. If you're a sales professional, there's a section for you as well, and you're going to find all kinds of useful tools to help you build authenticity into your sales uh, mindset so that you can increase your results. So this is an exciting time right now, Larry. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I love the message and the, just the heart behind the message that this man brings to the table. So why don't you introduce Jim and let's dive in. Yeah, I, I can't wait, Daryl, but I've, I've absolutely enjoyed getting to know Jim Carr. And actually a special thank you to Daryl Amy because one day I opened my email and Daryl sends me a message. He goes, hey, Larry, you need to reach out to this guy named Jim. You need, we need to have him on the podcast. And I've enjoyed getting to know Jim. He's actually a close neighbor of yours, Daryl. So right. I'm told, right? 
just down the freeway or up the freeway, however that works down south. But without further ado, Jim Carr, it's a pleasure to have you on the Southern From the Heart podcast. Welcome. Well, thank you, Larry uh, and Daryl. And yes, I am pretty close to Daryl, and I'm hoping that will translate into an actual lunch invitation at some <laughs> right. point. There are, there are places that are having uh, dining in now. Yeah, there you go. When, when we can, uh, if we can figure out how to have lunch without wearing five layers of face masks, it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> but, hey, Jim, I'm glad you're here. And as you know, I am a huge fan uh, of the book that you wrote, The Science of Customer Connections, and the way that you help people get clarity on their message. And I'm looking forward to this conversation today. But before we dive into that topic, you know the question that everybody that comes on Selling from the Heart gets, and I'm really looking forward to your answer to what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? Well, I, I didn't know this one was coming. And I don't know if, if your previous guests have thought about it in quite this strange sort of way. But I, I think there's a good way of connecting because at some point, you can look at this thing of selling from the heart and it gets into these issues about authenticity and identity and um, value creation. And gentlemen, I think that sometimes that can not only exist at 30,000 feet, but like 130,000 feet. So you don't know how that translates into everyday activity. Mm -hmm. At the same time, sellers and, and leaders are looking at things like our relationship base and our conversions and all of the, the, the dashboard items when it comes to effective selling. And I think what connects those, so when I think selling from the heart, selling, it, this is an, an active thing. So what does it mean that you're doing? What I believe connects those is actually being helpful. And mm -hmm. you think being helpful in lots of different ways. Um, and again, that's kind of a bland term, but you think about how is it that we are in our individual conversations being helpful to customers and prospects? And what does that mean? Well, it means that we we have a message and we have activities that are designed with them in mind. We're thinking of them first. We do our homework. We, we know who in general benefits most from us, where it's a good fit. And so we're not wasting our time or there. So we're truly trying to be helpful in our conversations. You think about what's helpful to your team, what's helpful to your company, what's helpful to you and your family and all the people who depend upon you and your professional success that you're not too stressed out. You're not uh, faking it. You're, you're doing things that um, give you personal value and that preserve your time and preserve your energy for the right things in life. So I think uh, just an active sense in, in all of these is we're thinking about where we're working, what we're offering, how we're engaging customers and prospects at a very basic level to me is, is this helpful? Is this helpful to everyone, including myself, as I'm engaging this and not unhelpful to, to anyone in there. So that's, that's how I've been kind of thinking through because in that way, uh, real value does come out. It, it's so good. And, you know, there, there's that, I love the word help because I remember this goes back years ago, Jim, I was on a podcast, one of the very first couple podcasts I was on years ago. And the, the host of the podcast said, Larry, how would you define sales in one short, concise sentence. And I said, it's all about the art of the help. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to layer on top of that even more, Daryl, it reminds me of the conversation we had with Brent Adamson when he came on the Selling from the Heart podcast not too long ago. 
And one of the things that he had posed was to sales professionals to think about is my conversations that I'm having, does that person become smarter after I have a conversation with them? And I think if you have that helpful mindset along with that, that's golden. I love the word help inside of sales. And you'll hear outside of the, the world of sales, oftentimes if you hear or you're describing a friend of yours who is really good at this, oftentimes the phrase is, they just seem to have a, a heart for helping. Or, yeah. and, I, and I think that as we consider other human beings who not only make us feel good and valued, but do provide something of value to us, that's a word that, that shines through in and out of sales. I think it's, that's a really a powerful way to think about it as well, because we talk about authenticity a lot and, and everyone, you know, that is part of the selling from the heart community is bought into the idea of authenticity is important, but how do you measure that? And, and I think one way to, to look at measuring authenticity is, okay, well, does that translate through to action and the types of actions um, that that demonstrate authenticity are our actions where we're actually helping like and we're we're going how can I help and we're following through and and we're so I think that's uh, that's a really great way to look at that um, because it, it is measurable it is like I can put my I can put that on my calendar I can put I can put it on a to-do list I can help right and I can and walk into situations and go okay how can I help here proactively or just even asking and then following through. And this idea of authenticity, it's modern language. It's an, an old idea and a very mm-hmm. durable one. I remember back, uh, gosh, 15 years ago when I was, uh, I was CMO for a medium-sized private company. And, and we were trying to, we, we actually put authenticity, this phrase, at the part of what we were trying to create as a brand and what we wanted to convey in our messaging. The ideas uh, of being what you are and not trying to be something that you aren't and, mm-hmm. and letting your value shine through. And I just find is um, one test, and you two are far deeper into this than am I, this whole notion about authenticity and identity. But at some level, it's trying to be something that you ultimately aren't is more stress-inducing. And actually, if you kind of find that thing, that sweet spot of of authenticity, being real, then it's, it lowers your stress. Things Mm -hmm. seem to be more clear. They make more sense. We don't feel like we're trying to figure out our story. We're living it out. So there's a lot of power in what you're doing and we can, we can certainly talk. um, We can get down to that, that three foot level, or I guess these days, six foot level in terms of the actual (laughs) conversations that you have and and what that means in our selling conversations. But, uh, but that really is, is where you bring these things together in terms offering and how you go about it and how you serve. Yeah. yeah and I think, hey, hey, Daryl, I just got, I just got to layer on this help thing. Cause I'm just, I'm still stuck on this help word. Sorry. Do you but, need some help, well, Larry? Yeah, I need some, I need some help. <laughs> oh, you need all kinds of help. Lord knows. But, uh, <laughs> likewise, Daryl, I'm sure you do as well. But uh, no, this whole thing around help is you have to be sincere with it because for for those of you guys that, that, that can't see, right. Cause we got to record this on zoom. There, there's a banner that's underneath. So it has Jim's name and it says managing the message, right? So I want to pick that apart about help. And I think you have to truly mean help, right? Because so often we say we want to help 
and I'm not, I don't want to take this down a negative path, but I'm just using this as an example, guys. So often we say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm here to be of help. I'd like to help you out. But then when the time comes to truly help, are you there? Mm -hmm. And are you there for the right reasons? Because sometimes what we get caught up in, I know I faced this a long time ago as well, is I'm going to help this person, but what's going to happen in return? And if we, and I know that races through people's heads. Where's the, where's that cost benefit to the help? You see where I'm going with this Daryl and Jim. And it's sometimes it's, you got to be able to really live that helping motto and say, you know what, I'm going to help. That means if I got to help Jim do something or I have to help Daryl do something, I'm just going to do it because I know at a certain point in time, it's going to come back to me. It may not be monetary and value right now, but it's the feel good part of this. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. And, and there's nothing wrong with a transaction that helps. No, I, I agree. But, but I think uh, to your point, Larry, it's, it's not transactional in our mindset. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, and especially these days, help might take a different form than it, than it could have six months ago or eight yeah. months ago, or in ways anyone could forecast. It's helping meet people in the moment in a way that's, that's valuable for everyone. And it's not some sort of weird trade-off or you're not saying, well, Larry, I know exactly where you need help. And what you need is our platinum level membership. And, and so we have a best. So I'm um, trying to force uh, or shoehorn something into a situation right. where it's not truly helpful. <laughs> I can help you. All I need is your approval right here. You That's know, right. I, I am really, I've been looking forward to this conversation today. And I, I think that just segueing from helping into, to, um, you know, how, how do we, how do we message is actually a pretty, good uh, transition. And I know you get really, really involved in going to organizations and helping them manage their message so that they can grow their business. And in particular, you get into a lot of sales teams and uh, and take a close look at the message that the sales teams are putting out either consistently or inconsistently as the case may be. I'm just curious, as you look at sales, sales teams right now and sales reps in, in the context of the message that they're putting out right now, what, what are you seeing and what are some of the, like, what are like some of the real big challenges you see out there? Cause I know you, you have some stories to tell when it comes to sales teams and their message. Yes. And we won't give anything in particular away here, but <laughs> of course a lot of the things that I see and, and much like you, I deal mostly uh, when my clientele is in the, the B2B world. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we're, uh, I'm hired in by uh, a leader, sales leader, an executive leader, marketing team, whomever. And what we're trying to do is get everyone kind of literally and figuratively on the same page when it comes to the selling conversations that they have. And now we can talk about the components of it. Mm-hmm. But what I tend to find, and these are with good companies offering great things and a lot of the the, the anxieties and the gaps that they have are things that you you see and deal with all the time. So Sales isn't talking to marketing, who isn't mm-hmm. talking to product, who isn't talking to installation, who's not talking to partners. And so there's all this, whether you want to call it silos or, or these disconnects. And that's, that's chronic, especially, uh, and it doesn't have to be a huge company, but any complex mm-hmm. organization, you have people in different areas who are trained in different ways. They have different language. They have different incentive systems, different ways of operating. And Lord knows now we're even more separated in, in the space-time continuum than has ever been the case. So that just exacerbates 
these these things, which just erodes consistency. And uh, so that's that's a problem. So one thing that we're trying to deal with is how do we bring these things together in a way that's friendly to our customers and and efficient inside Mm -hmm. for consistency? Uh, There's also um, oftentimes not agreement on the message itself. And when I say message, I'm not talking about slogans or mission statements or value statements. Those typically I find are bad inputs into a a conversation centered message. In other words, the actual words, phrases, questions, stories, examples that human beings would share with one another uh, in a, uh, in a selling conversation or in a business conversation. Um, And what will oftentimes happen is let's just take a, uh, one example is marketing is put together the capabilities deck, the demo, the product may have put together the demo or we've got our our big PowerPoint presentation and talks about all the ways that we can add value and this, that, and the other about us. And it's taken 18 months to put the thing together. It goes out to the sales team and salespeople will go, hey, that's great because I want the stuff, but that's not exactly how I would say it. Mm -hmm. My customers are a little bit different. I need to tell a little bit more of some stories that I can relate to. So I'm going to take slide eight and I'm going to put that over here and I'm going to, uh-oh, marketing's locked something down. So I'm going to delete that. And and that carefully crafted, brand targeted, consistent conversation has 18 different forms in a bar. So, um, and then I'll have people who will, who will say, uh, you know, what we have are out of our team of X number of people, 10% of us are really good. You know, they, they've mm-hmm. got it. They're, they're great. Their customers love them. They blow out their quotas. And so we shrink their territories and they blow out their quotas again. And they seem to have it. I wish we could have more people elevate their game to be closer to, to those. And almost everybody has more confidence in the value of what they offer than in how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So you look at all these things and you can wring your hands and say, oh my goodness, there's so much disconnect. How, you know, how are we going to fix this? And I find that there's just a simple way of uh, a fairly simple way of looking at it that it tends to be is um, let's get to, let's take all of our stuff, mm-hmm. all of our sales collateral, all of our positioning, all of our good product descriptions and solutions. And, and, and let's get that into some very specific conversations that we need to engineer hmm. and clarify that message. Oftentimes we'll, we'll look at it in terms of constructing a playbook or a guide, some source of truth, not a script as we can talk about, but a source of truth for taking our great marketing positioning and our go-to-market strategy and then planning for very specific conversations that will support the sales effort. And then it's uh, uh, how, do you, how do you organize it? How do you coach to it? How do you reinforce it and refresh it over time? Fundamentally, it will start with winnowing down, translating, and making, <clears throat> to use the term, real, uh, some, uh, some messages, some stories and questions and talking points uh, in simple visuals oftentimes that people who sell complex solutions can, can actually bring to the marketplace. Hey, Daryl, now I know why you and Jim get along so well. Yeah, absolutely. Market, I'm just tracking Nirvana, man. Holy smokes. Yeah, but, but this is so practical, though, because I love the way you think about 
because you think about organizing this around the conversations that you have. And, you know, as salespeople, we have the same type of conversations over and over again. Uh, you know, the same type of scenarios walking into an initial appointment or into a, a quarterly business review or what, whatever that is. And, and having, um, having a framework or, a, you know, how would, so if, if I was a sales rep, cause I think this is super practical for sales leaders and sales reps to think in advance about how would I prepare myself or my team to have a good conversation? Like how would, how would you go about thinking about that from the, the standpoint of, of really communicating the message correctly or an effectively maybe is a better word. Sure. Well, I think through the the common components of this playbook or this mm-hmm. guide that we would put together for for a team, and it typically would go all the way. So think about ways of setting priorities, mm-hmm. uh, and then specific components, almost plug and play for different kinds of conversations you might have. So it would tend to begin when this is something that you'll appreciate as well as the very basics of who's an ideal customer or an ideal mm-hmm. client for mm-hmm. what we're offering. And you might have a playbook for how do you tell a better enterprise story. You might have a playbook for a specific play or a specific new solution. Or mm-hmm. you're integrating, you acquired something. You got to bring them together. and create. So I, I need conversational tracks for that thing. So you can define the level of specificity for mm-hmm. your playbook, however it makes sense for you as you're, you're in your go-to-market strategy. You start by thinking at an institutional, organizational level for the buyer who makes the most sense? Who's the best fit? And mm-hmm. you can define that in lots of different ways. So to be helpful, you don't want to go out there and just be pitching to everybody because it won't be a good fit for everybody and won't be a good use of everyone's time. Mm-hmm. So you start from that standpoint. And sometimes we, we will break it down by specific conversational tracks by a, a buyer persona or by an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, very commonly, what what are one of the things I'll see is there's a different buyer or there's an additional person into the buying process that we're just not accustomed to talking to. We might have, uh, we might have a solution that's highly engineered or very IT focused, et cetera. But now there's a chief financial officer or a financial buyer who's involved, or maybe it's on compliance or cybersecurity or whatever. We deal in lots of different industries. But so we need to have a sense that's well understood at a very fundamental level of, what are the types of business objectives that this person's likely to have? How are the, they keep school? So how can we speak to that? And, and so what happens, Daryl, Larry, let's say you, you thought you were having a meeting with, um, let's just take any example, an IT manager, and, uh, and then someone from procurement or finance or marketing shows up at the meeting. Uh-oh. Um, so I guess I can't show slides 17, 22, and 26. So you, you want to have... Some, some things that you very intentionally have thought through about the different objectives, challenges, questions, and stories for different buyers for their different concerns. And then you can have all sorts of, of, um, of other little nuggets, plug and play that you want to have in here. So mm-hmm. some of the most common ones are dealing with certain objections or questions that people have. What are the things that make you unique? Uh, for solving different kinds of problems? Are there ways you can encapsulate this in a short pitch versus could you go to a whiteboard or a, a piece of paper and in a, a 
in a business level, not a schematic, but at a business level, could you walk a potential buyer through what their current state is and, and what things could be like if um, if you were if they were buying from you? So there are lots of different pieces that could be involved here, but uh, the the key is as we were talking about just a moment ago, just being intentional about the specific kind of conversations that are necessary for you to hit your goals in your go to market strategy. That won't be a script. It won't be the same thing for every conversation. And I don't want anyone to, to, to think that that's what a good playbook or conversational guide would be. And for lots of reasons, I saw Larry shaking his head no. And it, you, you get this, right? Because it's not tailored to business concerns that everybody would have. It doesn't enable you to pivot when you have a different audience or they come up with a different concern. And the best people on your team will be the first ones to put their hand up and go, I'm not following a script. Are you kidding me? That's disrespectful. So what you want to do is, is be able to take best practices that you have now and the things that are most important that everybody ought to be able to put their own language in, but thematically, it all makes sense to you. It's so, it's so spot on because, you know, I, I see these struggles all over and I'm a big I'm a big advocate of sales professionals having more business conversations and sales conversations. And, and there's, there's, there's nothing wrong, Jim, with sales conversations. We have to have those, but we have to be able to be, and Daryl often refers to it, right? We have to be students of their business and we have to learn the language of their business, which means that we have to take a cross section of, buyers, right? We have to take a cross section of influencers and we have to understand how to engage in a different level of conversation. And that's why I would say those that can really master business conversations succeed. Cause that's what there, there's, there's all too often there's way too many sales conversations where sales people struggle is when that curveball's thrown at them. Cause I'm listening to your example and I don't know how many countless times I've been in a meeting and all of a sudden the door opens and People walk in that you weren't expected, and all of a sudden, you know who they are. They go, oh, this is Jim Carr. He's a CFO. This is Daryl Amy. He's the IT manager. And you go, what? And I've been hoping to get that meeting, but not now. You know, we, we, we've all been there. Yeah. You know, I like I like what you're saying, though, because I think, you know, I'm, and I'm I, I'm anti-script in principle as well. So and I think most sales professionals are. So we just kind of go, okay, no script, just go wing it. But I think maybe the the we're in the middle of the political season right now as we're recording this, and most political campaigns have talking points, right? They say, well, if you're going to talk about the campaign, here's some stuff to talk about. So, you know, is, right. is what you're talking about, like giving salespeople talking points so that they've got conversation topics. They've got stories to tell inside. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that is so helpful. And I think if you're, you know, we've got sales leaders listening to the team and absolutely sales leaders should go through the process of, of putting together and maintaining and training around talking points, but even sales professionals like yourself, you know, to sit down and go, okay, what, you know, what, what can I do if you're a sales professional listening in on this today maybe to sit down with a piece of paper and the, you know, the type of buyer IT manager and start thinking about these different conversations you have to drive. And rather than just walking in and winging it every time, um, putting some thought into how can I structure that conversation? What value can I bring? Um, and what are, what are some ideas? And I think this, this is an obvious 
obvious exercise for sales leaders to go through and really a whole company, right, Jim? But yes. salespeople, if you don't have a company like that, or if you're a solopreneur listening in, go through that exercise yourself. That's, that's exactly right. So at, at whatever level, small, large entrepreneur to a, a big enterprise, you do want to have to be able to lead a business conversation with your customer or prospect using some of the language that they would have about it. Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with a client a couple of weeks ago and uh, they sell software in the financial institutions and they have a, what they great, uh, what they they say, well, we got a great solution uh, for the institution to onboard new customers. And so they're thinking through, we've got this great thing about onboarding, but, and that's great, but, what's the problem that you're trying to solve in the way that your prospect would talk about it? Mm-hmm. The way they might talk about it is we lose, um, you know, 45% of our new customers within the first year. That's a problem, right? So, um, or whatever their, their metric might be. So we're not here to offer you a great onboarding solution, but we're here to do is reduce attrition mm-hmm. into the new people that you work so hard to bring you in, in what is a very you know, commoditized, uh, line of business, right? So, and then how that would be. And if you can equip your salespeople to offer some insights about, well, why is it? And I've made up the number 45%, but if, mm-hmm. if, the, if it's that, why is this such a chronic problem for most of your competitors? What's the common thing that, that people aren't getting right these days? Here's how we can find the root of the problem. And here, here's what would be the benefit, not only uh, in terms of dollars, but also wasted time, effort, stress, all those sorts of things like that. So mm-hmm. as you say, can you identify using the right helpful language and uh, the, the problems that you're really trying to solve? And to the, to the other part here, uh, Daryl and, and Larry and your listeners, I, I oftentimes operate from the rule of threes. It, it's easy for our brains to, to process and to remember. And, and some, sometimes it helps us really organize our efforts. If you're really trying to break down, say, performance, and especially when I think of the ability of salespeople and subject matter experts to lead customer conversations, I think it's, it's mostly explained by three components, knowledge, skill, and confidence. So knowledge, and it's not just, what we tend to do is train people on either product knowledge Uh or maybe some sales 101 kinds of tactical moves, but often not uh, knowledge about our our clients' businesses. And and we don't, we're not going to know it as well as they do, but again, their common objectives, challenges, constraints, how they, how they frame this, this, and how we can help. Skill it, it, you got to apply it. You're right. Winging it never works. And so, and, and it's also not something you can scale across a team. So there's some skill in terms of asking questions, telling stories, um, providing insights, using simple visuals. Could you, again, go to a whiteboard or on a piece of paper and, and help explain what it is that you do and how you benefit people? And that just comes from applied practice. And then the confidence is the thing if you as a business leader or a sales leader can foster. What will happen is if people aren't confident in leading that business conversation, they just won't do it. They won't try it. They won't, if they think they're going to be put in a position where they're going to ask me a question that I don't know how to answer. I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm going to uh, put at risk the relationships that I already have in that account. So why should I, why should I do this? So confidence will come from doing it, 
getting good coaching and from your reps or your team knowing that if they try this, they don't have to be perfect. They're not going to, we're not going to club them over the head for, for giving it a good try. Um, and that we'll all get there. We'll get better together. This is something that we, as a team, as a company, we're going to develop more conversational competence as a way to push our business forward. We are going to do this. We will support you. Um, so try it, do it and go from there. So if you can just think about, again, the specific conversations that matter most to the growth of your business, do the people who you want to lead those conversations, do they know enough of the right things? Do they have some skill that they can practice and apply? And do they have confidence of, of going forward and really engaging people at the right times? Hey, it's so there, there was a key word. There's a couple, two words in there. I picked up love, loved what I heard, Jim. And you said conversational competence. So powerful. Yeah. So, so powerful. And, well, well, I'll tell you one thing real quick and for that should give comfort uh, to, to your listeners is conversational competence is not something that's a function of our personalities. You, know, is it, mm-hmm. you don't have to be an extrovert. You don't have to be highly trained. Lord knows you don't need a PhD like, like mine. I think it holds me back half the time. So um, it, it's just some simple things. Most of us are naturally wired for good conversation in everyday life. So all we need to do is, is equip people with the right tools, talking points, practice, and support, and let their natural proclivity for good conversation shine through in their selling effort. So good. So good. And what a great conversation today. I can't believe we're already bumping into the the time on this. I, Jim, I knew this was going to be so valuable for our listeners. And I want to just, I want to give another shout out for the book. You need to get Jim's book. We're going to put it in the show notes. It's the Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. If you're in sales, you lead a sales team, you lead a company, you're going to love this book. It's really, really fantastic. And Jim, I just want to say a a huge thank you today for helping us think about how we manage our message and how we communicate. Well, thank you. I really appreciate this. Appreciate your uh, your podcasts and, uh, and and the books and all the things that you're bringing uh, to your community of salespeople and sales leaders too. Awesome. Awesome. Jim, thank you so much. And thank you everybody in the Selling from the Heart community. This is, uh, this is just such an important time right now for all of us to be looking to the future, looking at what we can do to make sure we're setting ourselves up for success going forward. And I think this conversation today that we've had about your message is a really key part of perfecting your craft so that you can drive success and bring value to your clients in the months and years to come. So this has been a great conversation today. As we said at the beginning, we'd welcome you to go check out the new resources at sellingfromtheheart.net. And until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, manage your message, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.